0: Welcome to HearthSpeak Podcast, conversations and recorded experiences on reclaiming our roots, connecting to our visions, and trusting our heart path. I'm your host, Megan, and I am here to share stories of healing, creativity, revival, and resilience for our time here on earth right now, a time in which I feel we are in the midst of a profound cultural transformation. The hearth, as a source of warmth, is traditionally the central community gathering space where storytelling takes place. Our stories are sacred, and the stories we tell ourselves and others have the potential to shape and inform how we show up for this larger story. Thank you for being here and taking the time to listen. Hello, everyone. Today, I am sharing a conversation with the lovely Johanna Otee. Johanna is a dear friend of mine and she is a community herbalist, social permaculturist, and life artist based in the Driftless area of Wisconsin. She travels often to New Mexico, where she was located at the time of this interview. Johanna is involved in the creation of several projects, including the Kickapoo Herbal Education Network, the Driftless Herbal Exchange Network, Tea for the People, and Wild Pharmacy, and has been the catalyst for so much more. Johanna is passionate about relocalizing medicine and health through the art of tea blending, community activism, and deep relationship to the plants. She offers education and hands-on workshops on many topics related to natural healing, including plant ID, growing your own herbs, and kitchen medicine. Johanna is truly an educator in the best way. She loves to share and to connect with others around this powerful work. I loved this conversation with Johanna and I have a feeling you will too. Thanks for listening by the way. This podcast was dreamed up years ago and it feels really special to finally have it out into the world. We are so excited about the response we have gotten from the first episode of the Shantae and hope you'll stay for a while. And if you know of anyone that might be a good fit, feel free to send them our way. You can reach out and learn more about our work and programs at thelivinghearth.com. This podcast is really part of a bigger evolving story and there are plenty of opportunities to connect with what resonates for you. Perhaps in a future episode I'll talk more about Living Hearth, what we do, and who we are. For now, here's Johanna. Cool, here we are. Yay! Uh, yeah. <laughs> Hello, it's so good to talk with you. Hi Megan. Hi. How are you doing? Like what's what's going on with you right now? I wanna hear oh, all about my it
1: feel like we're all in a cosmic storm and what's going on but it's like I don't know I've definitely been through some uh just different awakenings and initiations and stuff and some of it's really beautiful and some of it's really stressful but I feel like there's this like this motion this like that that's like it could be this dissatisfaction but really it's like this reaching to like Mm -hmm. You know, how do I, just deepening, like, how do I care for myself? What is my gift to the world? How do I, I want to express all of this energy and wisdom and, and feeling, you know, that I have? So I'm really grateful for this opportunity to, to sit down with you via the Internet and see your beautiful face.
0: Yeah, me as well. I mean, I've admired you for so long now, and it's just really cool to see the evolution that you've gone on in the past few years. And just from starting, you know, when I first met you, it was in, like, your living room space when you were just having apprentices out to your farm in Viroqua and just blending teas. And that was the first time I'd ever sat with someone and sang songs around, like, tea blending and just, like, how... I mean, I'd love to hear more about your journey with tea and, I mean, even your name, like your name on line is Johanna O.T., you know, like what, what does tea mean to you and how is it part of the way you express yourself?
1: That's a pretty sweet place to start, yeah. yeah. I, um, I've always enjoyed drinking tea, like I never got addicted to coffee, which is, is bean tea, but i just always been <laughs> it Drinker. and then mm-hmm. my own journey with my own um, health stuff and so on like I moved away from caffeine and more into just studying herbs so it's like like so many things it all sort of comes together and coalesces like not this but I'm attracted to that and I'm learning more about plants and I'm growing plants and I'm harvesting plants so um, I actually started making tea blends I was traveling with a friend in the southwest and went
2: to some kooky herb shop, Mm -hmm. and bought some tea called Peaceful
1: Warrior Tea, Um, and it was so good, and I was so, I think I was in a pretty open state at that time, being on the road, being nomadic, right, like, you tend to be, like, paying attention in a little bit different way than if you're at home and your usual thing, Um, so I felt like I really connected with that tea, and I just, I had this sense of, like, whoever made this tea really put a lot of intention in it and it had rose petals, lavender, and chamomile, Mm. and so I said, oh, oh, I wonder if I can recreate that, and so it became this question that has turned into, like, this huge part of my life, just answering, like, could I make this tea for myself, Mm. and so that tea became the foundation for our Lemon Light, which was the first tea blend that I created, Um, and then, you know, built a whole bunch of other things from that so I started drinking that every day sharing it with people people liked it I was growing more herbs you know I'm going to the to the food co-op and like smelling the lemon balm and going this isn't very good right because my mom already grew lemon balm and I knew Mm -hmm. so so not only do we start making tea blends because of this we started growing herbs because of this right so
2: um
1: some years, you know, maybe like five or six years later, I met Monarda, who became my my partner in all of this. And um, she was really into growing herbs. I was really into making teas. We got together and said, "Hey, let's make this into something. Let's let's make tea blends and share them with people. Let's grow herbs." So that's very beautiful. And and the tea blending process itself, I have an article I'm willing to share with anyone who's interested about mm. my process of blending teas. Um, and it starts with intention. You know, what is this tea blend for? Is it this is a gift I'm creating for myself or my family? You know, what's the energy that I'm putting into it? How am I relating with these plants, these living beings, and these essences, these energies um, that are here to, you know, like one of the ways we talk about what herbalism, how it works, is plants, the plant chemistry helps create conditions in our bodies. Um, for healing to occur naturally.
2: So, you know, that's such a metaphor for what is the environment we're, we're doing things in. What are the,
1: you know, the prayers and intentions? So um, the mindfulness of creating tea and, and, like, there's a phrase I use a lot here in the Freedom School from my friend Julie, which is healing happens naturally in a loving environment. So how do I create that and how do I stay connected? Here's some tea. Mm-hmm. Right yes <laughs> um, yeah my name like my legal last name is O.T. so it was pretty natural mm-hmm. to be like O.T. right it, it's a real focus even though I've moved um, very much into other realms besides herbalism and wellness and so on um, you know the tea, the plants are still like they're
2: very much the foundation of this lineage of culture change work comes mm-hmm. out of this work with the plants so just like the really short story of that is like okay so we want to um see the world become more beautiful we see these obvious ways people can connect and heal you know we can help people
1: connect with plants we can help them navigate their own healing but then we start saying okay so how does how does this change what are the issues it turns out that everything is connected like we started in like relocalizing medicine, which is a huge thing. Like local health care is just a huge thing on its own, but it's connected to social justice, to environmental justice. It's connected to everything. And so and then and then everything is is about relationships. And so like that's you know that's really the center of our work. And you know, it's coming from the plants. But don't be confused if I don't if I for days and days and do tons of videos and don't mention plants like there's still this foundation of how I got here and how I connect on a daily basis uh, with myself with the divine with the energies of the world
0: so mm. yeah <laughs> absolutely beautiful and I found that experience for myself as well as just the plants were kind of the gateway into all this other culture change work as you put it and just the really the grounding essence like we need plants we need them around we need to protect them and care for them and make something beautiful with them because they're here and they're like calling out like please like work with me please drink me in a tea please like get together with friends and community and like craft something amazing because we have that power and that ability to do that together
1: I'm guessing that that's been a really pretty that's pretty literal. Like when I when I go out and I ask the plants, "Hey, can I harvest you?" you know, "Can I will you come and like be in these tea blends?" And da, da, da. and then like the response I get is like excitement and joy. Mm-hmm. Is the response that I get from the plants like, "Please, we're here." You know, like, "Yes, we want to connect, be connected. We want to help. Uh, we're here to give of our bodies
2: freely." Mm-hmm. Right? So everything we
1: eat comes from plants even if we're eating animals it's coming from the sun through the plants and so on and i think you know that all the these great disparities that we're experiencing in the world are maybe in a sense only possible because of the disconnection of like this plant right outside my door that is now going in my mouth and you know like they talk a lot in the economics of happiness movement and i think transition town 2 about like what are your hands doing? Like in our crazy economy and the world, it's like we're so easily removed from like what's happening in some other country because I just I just voted with my dollars, but I don't really know what mm-hmm. what I just voted for. You know, so that like returning and I know that's a huge focus of your work is mm-hmm. like what is our connection to
2: this place? Mm-hmm.
1: And, and and just I just feel that sort of sense of deep mindfulness. Um, a kinship with with you in 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 that work of like
0: how do I come to a place of reciprocity and regeneration and 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 you know a, a right relationship with everything that's going on. So that's mm-hmm. that's what we're working on here. <laughs> Absolutely, yes, I agree so much, and that's really what I found is. The values that I hold in my work, too, is just really understanding the place I'm in, understanding what's growing around me, understanding the context of the people I'm with, and and learning a lot. Always learning, always listening, always deepening. And it's it's a lot of work at the same time. I mean, it's a very... It's very beautiful, and it's very fulfilling, but there's a lot of pieces to it. I think that we're up against so much still. Like, we still have so much work to do as a culture and a society, and there's, I mean, there's so many things emerging, and on that note, too, I'd love to hear about just the Freedom School is, you know, all over for me. Like, I'm so in it. I'm so, like, watching from afar, and yeah... (laughs) We're in <laughs>
1: practice and development of our own liberation and our gift to the collective liberation. Yeah, for sure. I think one of the things I want to talk about is something that um, I noticed in my different explorations of culture change work. Because I've gone out, you know, over the years off and on. Like, at times I've been very, like, home-centered, you know, my very intimate community and friend-centered. And other times I've been... You know, working online, like I worked online with the Awakening Sovereignty Collective for a while, and I joined a community in Albuquerque briefly, and I I tuned into like this sort of strange story that I'm not sure if other people are tuned into in, in the same way. But in this culture change movement, there's a lot of diversity all over the world. But I see in my life, like sort of two distinct patterns, like trying, like really coming together, and I call them like the sort of dirt hippie regenerative culture, Mm -hmm. people who are focused on permaculture, plants, the earth, like these really like localized, you know, relationships. And then on the other side, working in an online collective with a global focus, with huge vision, with like, yeah, we're working with the aliens and we've got the huge global plan for everything. So I call that kind of the new earth movement. Um, and I see, like, both are super interested in, in, in most of the same things, but they do have different focuses. So, of course, none of it, like, I can't pick out and say, these people are on that side, and these people are on that side. Really, we're all, you know, somewhere in the sphere. It's not even a spectrum. We're all somewhere mm-hmm. in the sphere of where our focus is in this, like, culture change, evolutionary, like, sort of motion that's coming out of us. And, like... You know it just wants to happen i'm I'm part of something that's trying to happen my my voice is part of this chorus right and it's like oh my god of course yes i play me you know in the orchestra play my instrument right let me add my voice to the symphony um but so some of the differences are like and i'm very attracted to a lot of the new earth stuff because they're so vision focused and a little more willing to be outside of society, um, but not iso- but not quite as isolated. Like, they're on the internet talking to each other, whereas the permaculturalists, when they pull away from society, are, like, on the land and not necessarily talking to anyone.
2: Mm-hmm. So that's
1: a little, little bit different. But so what I see with the permaculture folks, you know, the people who are more, like, really working on the land, and that's their, their main focus, is working with the land. They tend to be like more body focused and um, more more like health focused in a certain way. Whereas the New Earthers, um, like they're more focused on like art and pageantry. Okay, so I'm really attracted to that, and and like, and this is something that I've been wanting to articulate, and I'm grateful for this opportunity. Mm -hmm. Is that I've created you know, along with other people, these incredible, um, tea blends, remedies, these locally sourced herbs. And like, you know, if if it was a perfect world, I would be a very rich woman because of that. Mm -hmm. But I'm not for a lot of different reasons. And like, as much as there is like a pretty, um, well known local food movement, the numbers really aren't there. Like people
2: Full, you know, are, are pulled to, to shop for convenience or price or all these things and to not take the time um, to
1: work with a small company who doesn't, you can't just buy online or something, right? Like there's all these different barriers to it and so that's one reason why I'm getting more interested in being on video and doing teaching and the
2: broader culture change work. It's like, yep, these tea blends are going to be here. I'm going to keep offering
1: herbs. I'm going to keep doing all this stuff, but you know, like the amount of
2: relationship and exchange that's going on with my work isn't sustaining my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: and I don't feel like I have the energy to do the business thing, make it successful. It's just, I'm not interested enough in that. I'm a philosopher, a healer. I want to work with people in a, in a more emergent way. So trying to fit
2: what I'm doing in the society is just like, bleh, mm-hmm. right? Like I
1: really do want to do something else creative. So that's what I love about, you know, and I have criticisms of the new earth movement and different stuff too, which, um, but really like the, what I'm seeing here on the ground is that I have relationships with people like, like yourself who are focused on healing their bodies, including our emotional bodies, focused on, uh, who am I being in the world? What is my relationship with the earth? It's, 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 whereas the New Earth folks like have this ability. Like they're artists, they're they're revolutionaries. They're you know like intense and they're and they're they're making these beautiful things. So I'm really drawn um, to like study clowning, right? Mm-hmm. I'm a reluctant clown, um, but one of the memes, you know, in one of the themes like in my manifesto and in and in this work is interrupting the old story with loving clowns, right? Like getting people's attention. You know, I don't want to sell stuff, but it's like, hey guys, we're actually free and we can do all this stuff. And so, like, I really want to say, hey, pay attention, pay attention, pay attention. You can pay attention to this, you don't have to do all that other stuff. And so, I guess what I'm trying to say is that, like, it's, it's I'm, I, I'm not, I don't know if I'm struggling with it, but I'm watching it a lot and I'm really noticing that when. I'm hanging out with people who do a lot of earth-based ritual and work with the plants. Like It's easier for me to tune into that. And then when I'm working with people who are more um, doing spiritual work or ascension work and doing more pageantry and art, they, there's just a less focus on tending to the body, mm-hmm. being in the body and being earthy. So I want to see these come together. Okay? I think I, it was a really long way to make that point like how important that is to me uh, to bring this like creativity and revolutionary spirit and social spirit, artistic spirit um, of expression to be, to be married with this really, um, this this touching of the earth, these rituals with the earth, this, this mindfulness with the earth. So
0: yeah, I 100% feel everything you're saying, because I'm also realizing, like, in my work, there's just, there's so much that wants to come out, and there's so much of this, this talk about, like, claiming the name artist, even, like, the title artist really is, is so, oh, it, like, makes, I feel things when I say that, like, I am an artist, you know, that, like, brings this, it's new, and it's not something that I've ever felt like I could claim, as like a person in this world, like, it's just always been this, like, oh, that's, you know, that's this type of work, or I kind of fit into this type of thing, right, but it's never been, there's never been this, like, awareness around what am I, or who am I, or what's my role, and I, I love what you're saying, because it's, it is so necessary, because with the arts, and with this, this, um, you know, just moving towards expression and just moving towards like kind of the attention too around like, Hey, like this is a performance, but also this is grounded in these really practical earth centered approaches. It's not just, you know, like that's so important.
1: It's to bring that together.
0: Yes, absolutely. You know, and it feels right.
1: And, and I love what you said about like, can I call myself an artist? And like, this is pretty new for me too. I'm like, you know, I've accepted that I'm a teacher, I have a lot of teacher, like, instructional energy, if you read my charts, da-da-da-da, it's either mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be teaching, um, and so that is a performance, but, like, for me, in my own healing journey, and, like, really accepting that I'm being offered, given vision, and that it really is, like, this huge gift, and it really is this thing that I, I do want to bring forward, and it da-da-da-da, so, like, how do I do that? i spent my whole life, you know, living in the sort of dominant culture idea that, well, you can't really, I mean, I became an herbalist because I couldn't be a rock star, like, being a rock star is horrible, it's not fun, right, but, like, that expression, uh, you know, we all love that, like, thank you for the music, right, so I don't know what you and Shante talked about, but I know you've interviewed her, and one of the pieces I really picked up from From working with her that I'm so grateful for is this understanding of poesis and the power of poetry, the power of metaphor. And so it's like I can give lectures, it doesn't seem to be changing very much for me to teach all these little bits and pieces, right? So what changes people's lives is either a big truth moment or an immersive experience like with you and your PDC or being on the land or apprenticing with me or People being here with me in the Freedom School in the Village project. Um, and and, um, and and also, but but like like poetry is so evocative, metaphor is so evocative. And so like, like having the teaching be a part of the arts, be a part of the performance, the real information when we're, you know, my 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 partner here in TRC teaches sex issues <laughs> and so it's comedy it's performance and it's real real useful information all at once and so that is definitely something i saw with the awakening sovereignty collective and the new Earth movement in general it's like let's make a video game that and i'm like what we're making video games we're supposed to like get off the grid and touch the earth and like what are you people doing but here i am saying actually wow i really do feel called to you know, create poetry, to, to be creative, because that's the thing is, like, I'm doing freedom school, but I'm not trying to make it fit into any idea of what school is, right, and like, so as an artist, like, the permission to be free, to be radical, like, to, just to accept that it's my job to say something unconventional, or break up the static, right, and, and and to accept that, and I don't know, it's a lot, and it, it, yeah, it, it's pretty new for me to accept myself as an artist and say I really am like what is my artistry like the the passion that I feel both positive and negative distress and anguish and despair at times or like incredible joy and ecstasy and like wow I'm so grateful to be alive and to be to, um, finding out more about who I am and what this expression wants to be right so all of that
0: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's like the constant adaptation and creativity too, because I'm realizing like, just this year, even in the past few months, the work that we've been doing can't keep going the way it has just based on like the response and based on how I feel in my heart. My heart doesn't feel the same about doing the same thing over and over again, or having the same approach. Or we're just going to roll out this program again and it's going to look exactly the same. That doesn't work. And so then recognizing convenient that. convenient
1: and like easier. Yeah,
0: right. It no, would. I don't,
1: <laughs> I don't ever get to do that easier. Yeah. It's constantly evolved and I'm learning to accept that and mm-hmm. like really sit and like, it's common now, right? It's more and more common to say, oh, I don't know, you know, what's the real question? And like, look for the question then. And, like, be, like, so in love with that emergence, as difficult as it is, as much as, like, my first shockers like, where's my security and who am I relying on? You know, I think that that, that can be there, too. Um, you know, how do I create a space that's nurturing? How do I create relationships where that, like, help me and other people really come out? And that's, that's the impetus of the Freedom School. Mm for sure is how do we create an environment? Because it became really clear through many, many conversations relating to vision other things that like we can help people have a profound a healing experience and then we're supposed to send them back to where they came from, where all the triggers, all the environmental stuff is going on. So how do we um, become more free in the sense that we're able to develop who we are, that we're able to heal, that we're able um, to become whole and it's like it's I say this so much because I think it's just it's one of these traps. And it's that we aren't here to figure it all out and like retire. Like our culture sphere of death gives us this idea like we're going to we're going to get it all right. We're going to win. Then we're going to retire and do nothing, which if you think about it, probably doesn't really appeal that much. Right. Like we're going to get safe and secure and then we'll be tired. So we'll just do nothing and watch TV or something. You know, so life really um, isn't like that. So we're not here to get it all right. We're here to get broken open. We're mm-hmm. here to discover more. And it's a very, very different way of approaching life than how we were raised. And I feel like as difficult as it is psychologically, that the, like the plants, the connections, the medicines that I've been given do give me a foundation um, that fits with this emergence is a term that we're that we're that we're using a lot these days in the culture change work, right? So how do I and, and like if we don't leave space, if we don't have space for the unknown, I mean it's so important. We're gonna keep doing what we always did before if we if we don't make space for something else. So I feel this huge pull, this huge call to like almost everything humans are doing it's like it's not enough. It's got to coalesce more. We have to make bolder moves towards love, like these powerful, responsible acts of love, and you know, reaching out to each other, um, breaking the chains of silence. So I can say, Megan, <laughs> okay, how, how can we really love each other? How can I help what you're doing? Right? I see us. I I recognize this as part of, as part of this motion that life is happening in our in the world, of, we don't really understand very much about it. So like, one of your prompt questions is like, what's nourishing you, and I remember a question um, from our call circle group too, that's like, what are you, you know, what are you rooted in right now? What's nourishing you? And my, And that was a couple of months ago, and my answer was, my rootedness is largely in my forward motion. Like, so much of what I'm doing is new, I'm not fully funded. Right, so there's certain things I would love to be relying on, um, but like the hunger to express my art and to give a real gift to the world, and to be reciprocated, um, and to, right, and to receive, not based on this, not based on that, not based on this, but at least in part based on that I'm that this this true expression that it inspires people to reciprocate and to pay it forward
2: mm-hmm. and that
1: my example of my life is actually seen in some way right so if I keep myself under like oh I'm trying out this and I'm trying out that but I'm really an herbalist and like I'm sort of locked in my hats about that it's like I don't know who I am um but I have a lot to share and i love i love to um you know like I'm I'd love to be seen I'd love to be to have this 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 work, this motion, this artist be really respected. And this is a really big conversation in culture change work, is our shift in values. You know, how do we shift to, um, I mean, the most basic thing of valuing the earth, like, I'm not gonna kill that weed outside, I'm looking at these mustard plants outside my window which you know, it's no brainer for me, but for a lot of people, they're like, oh, they're in the way. I should get rid of them. It looks weedy. It's like they're feeding the bees. Please don't kill them. Mm. And they're feeding our spirits with their blooming and their waving it in the wind, and they're doing all the things that we have no concept of that they do in their roles for the world. So, so everything is like that. Um, you know, this this potential, like grounded and like spirit taking form you know, this, this, this relationship. Like everything is sacred. We're sacred. All of this is sacred. And, um, you know, who are we and what are we doing here? And, and just like where I've come to is like, I can't hold back. Like, that's the real message. Where am I, where have I been holding back? And I ask this to people who come to me, whether they know they're coming to me for catalyzing and healing or not, because they do. That's what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and I might think someone's teaching me and I'm teaching them, and, you know, it goes both ways. Um, but how do we get into this depth of relationship with each other? Or how do we find within ourselves? Like, I think... I had such a journey with, like, what my heart wanted that, like, when I was a teenager, I, I, w- I wasn't allowed to even, like, interact with those dreams and, like, these quiet whisperings of what my heart wanted to do. There, was the, there were only limited options for who I could be, what I could do, whether the world was going to end or not, if I had anything to say about it. And so, like in this process of self healing and self realization, you know, I started to allow a little more of that inner voice about who I could be, what I wanted to give, what was important to me in the world, what mattered to me. I stopped, I just slowly, it was a process of not repress, repressing it less and less and allowing it to be expressed. So now, coming from, like, that little place of, like, I might be able to be someone who could have a beneficial impact in the world if I try really hard to being, like, hey, guys, I'm over here, and I have stuff to say I'm an artist, you know, and it's, and it's, it's like, wow, I, I still am, like, I remember being that person who couldn't speak and, like, lost amazing relationships because I couldn't tell the truth, I couldn't, say what was really important to me. So breaking those chains of silence, unlocking our creativity, like as I'm developing curriculum for the Freedom School and the Village Project here, you know, that's one of the principles is like, my own practice and experience with breaking chains of silence with my family, around race, around class, around money, around the earth, you know, around all of these relationships and, you know, gender dynamics and stuff too. You know, so when we break these these chains of silence, um, we enter into a space between. Um, but we also uncover our incredible um, capacity to, to create. Like what I, I mean, what we're doing is, in some ways, is fighting apathy and fighting despair. And so, like the pageantry, it's like like offering someone some herbal tea isn't enough to combat the incredible despair, like someone might pick that up and make it their own and really go on their journey and be transformed through one cup of tea. It can happen. But like what I'm hoping is that like this movement, like we're starting to bombard and interject and inject all these memes and these thoughts and these truths. There's, there's a lot of us, Megan, right? And tomorrow they'll, and We're saying, Hey, you don't have to do it that way. There's other options. You know and so I'm saying, come and join the healing circus, come and try something else. This isn't working. The directive from the grandmothers, and I've gotten this from so many sources, is like, stop everything and hold hands in the streets. You know, like, talk to each other, share food, share stuff, like, stop all of it. Right? So that's pretty radical.
0: Yeah, <laughs> wow.
1: So I'm tough <laughs> to say it. I'm saying, I'm like, stop everything, whatever you're doing probably just stop it and survive
0: i've tried it i survived i'm glad yeah i love you so much <laughs> um yeah i want to hear can you speak more about like your process personally about breaking the chains of silence like what you know do you have any more you want to say on that like how you've how you've kind of taken this path and like what's kind of emerged for you and like also because it is such an emergent process and now I think it's moving into your work how you just show up and you just see what happens I mean I feel like that's kind of only allowed because you've done this work on yourself and you've really there
1: are still so many places and like I'm so tuned into it now and it's like if I'm staying silent about something that's important to me Mm -hmm. it's because Like, it really is a process. It's like, first, I'm a tourist. Like, I'm slow. I don't automatically know this stuff. Okay? So, uh, I I need to know what I actually feel. I have to connect with what I'm actually feeling and sensing, emotionally and then mentally, articulate it to myself, and then find a way to share it. So, that's actually at least three steps that it really takes to, to break a chain. And that's if we're like allowed, so so what created the conditions that I can even be in that process? So the most important thing was that I could, I did not do this alone. Mm-hmm. So I had a partner who um, really encouraged me to find my voice, I was extremely repressed. I, I talked a lot, I in the beginning of, of sort of opening this up, I gave a lot of advice to people, right? Like I need to teach, right? So I'm gonna, it's gonna come out some way. Um, and then, like that, was so much energy I was putting out in the world. Like da da da, and like I've spent my whole life, you know, in a, in like a unhealthy codependent um, family relationships. You know, they're still going on. I'm not like living with my parents or whatever, but like they're still affecting me because we have deep relationships in other ways. Um, but so to have uh, to have had that like this like I always used to try to get my needs met by talking around things and being indirect like we weren't allowed to be direct we can't address the elephant in the room right like this person's angry and that person's drinking like ah right and I'm like a little kid right what am I supposed to do about it right so that made me really hungry um, to find other things so I mean so finding communities and finding other people Right, so I've studied books, I've uh, taken some classes, but really the deep work has been with other human beings that I developed trust with. Okay, so now I trust myself enough that I can be pretty quickly intimate, I can go pretty deep, like in a circle of people I don't know very well. But I didn't start with being able to do that. I started with, like, I trust one person, I trust three people, and then it was like, it's just natural to me to sort of create a commons of, like, let's talk about this, right? Like, let's keep talking about it. So, so it's like when we're talking, let's say we have a girlfriend and we both have issues with our, our, our mates and we talk about that a lot. So we can
2: choose to keep repeating our old stories about who's doing what,
1: and what's going on and how we feel about it and not really get anywhere. So like that's frustrating and if we have some sense, we can be like, that's not working. So somehow this idea came in that we could start reaching for something else, that we could Mm -hmm. reach for excellence. And so I think I developed a really pretty profound general fluency with, with healing, right? So physically, but because most of my issues were based in emotional stresses and struggles, I'm very socially focused. I'm very focused on psychology. Um, and so I think that's, that's the thing is like the physical things can help help that. But, but I think most of what our us are suffering, at least what I tune into where people are suffering and stuck, is in their mind. They don't feel free. They have to repeat things these patterns we're sort of demanding that these old stories about what's going on in our relationships are true. So once we reach a point where we have permission to say, oh, we're not actually stuck in that. Something else is possible. So I had to reach out beyond what I already knew and say, oh my God, some people do recover from addiction. Some people um, recover from a trauma and then are so enlivened and empowered that they are sharing. Their experience with me. So I picked up skills and tools from people. They are out there. They are all over the place. I have my favorites. I don't know if you wanted to take up time for me to try to remember um, what they are. But basically, so permission to try something else, to, to recognize that what we're doing isn't working, and to try something else. Seeking learning, seeking new skills, right? And really finding them. And like, you know if they work. Mm-hmm or not. You feel better or not, right? You feel like, oh my God, I was able to say that thing and be excellent today, you know, after 20 years of being afraid to really say what I thought, you know? So, and then, so once we have those permissions and we develop some fluency, we can start gently and mindfully experimenting in our relationships, right? I've heard stories about you doing it too, right? Mm -hmm. What's happening in my family, these these feelings, these stories that I've been carrying for 20 years, and they're starting to drive me nuts because I know that they don't have to be this way anymore. So now I think about the whole world like that, and mm. it's, it's the curse of the possible, you know. Like, okay, guys, so, like, all the skills and tools and connections and resources that we need to make a better world are here. Like, what's taking you so long? You know, let's go. Oh. So, I mean, you know, without judging that or arguing with it, it's a beautiful thing, like saying, yay, like, let's go. There's nothing, we don't have to wait um, to heal. You know, we really can, in an emergent way, seek, find out what we really feel, what we're really looking for, and move towards it one step at a time. So that's happening all over the world. Like, you know, the activist movements have, um, like spirituality and activism, and finally, are marrying each other, and people are going to be less stressed out, and more able to work together, and you know all the movements of like this person's doing that, and we're all competing for resources because like I want to help the wolves and you want to help the bears, but there's only so much money, right? So like if we if we do something else, we can actually you know both be helping each other and recognize that we're part of the same motion in life so I identify myself as part of a great motion that's happening in the world and I do I still have like I explore all the apocalypse scenarios and like what could happen and you know I'm like and that's that's like because I'm afraid that there won't be a future it's horrible it's horrible like I don't think it's true that Like, our collective psyche is, like, this devastated emotional wasteland. But I think a lot of us feel that way. Mm -hmm. You know, I think there's a lot of despair and confusion. And then all the really bad habits that are basically, you know, I've been describing it just in the last few weeks emerging in my art is, like, we generally in our culture are, like, We're being used as batteries for stuff we don't agree with. Mm. And that's not okay with me. Like, it's not okay, you know? So, like, the excuse of, like, I'm doing the best I can, and I'm comfortable, right? Like, I'm donating, but I have my retirement fund, and it's not my job to help the homeless people in my community. Like, that that stuff just really bothers me. And part of it is that I'm willing to be like, hi, I'm here. Like, I know I look like a crazy person because I'm trying to do stuff with no money and, like, not fitting into society and, like, da da da, da but, like, why aren't you guys doing what I'm doing, right? Like, we got to stop all this stuff, like, if it's not working. So, anyway, I don't want to just, like, stumble <laughs> off a newer brand so Oh, it's great.
0: It's so great. All of this is so important to talk about, and it all has its place. Um And I'm just thinking a lot about, yeah, I'm just thinking a lot about how, how much I also feel what you're feeling in the way that why can't other people just see what, like, are just other people kind of just identify with what I'm doing or like what I care about because to me it's so clear. It's so clear that we can have a different story it's so clear that we can live a different way and i just i don't know where this clarity necessarily even comes from like for myself it just kind of like got I kept getting hit over the head with clarity like all the time it's like yes. you have no other option like you can't you can't be at this place anymore you can't keep doing this like you have to like listen and trust and keep moving forward and and now i'm just you know this other yeah. possibility
1: this you can't choose <laughs> slavery destruction and death
0: you can't yeah yeah and that's
1: i don't know what's gonna happen i don't know if i'm gonna survive it (laughs) like whatever but i can't do that other thing so we're like so driven by passion and then like we're practical midwesterners who are like okay how am i gonna eat you know how am i gonna express myself and you know it's not just a midwestern thing like Mm -hmm. how do we navigate this how do we be okay now so i want to bring in another piece like so I'm really guided by vision. There's all these pieces of vision that have, like, in the last few months have all suddenly shown themselves to be one, which I could have guessed, right, that they're all part of this greater Mm -hmm. vision about these models and templates and pictures of, you know, my potential leadership in the movement and what I see, you know, what I'm being shown that we can do. So one of the things is that, like, we can have profound experiences on a temporary basis and they will feed our regular life. But at the same time, like, that's not enough. I tried that my whole life. Right. And so, so now there's the idea of the sanctuary, the vision of sanctuary came in and this is about creating sacred space that is not just protected from outside insane influences. It's also a place to generate and create is it's a container to hold something very special that, that we don't know what it is yet it's basically like a creativity generator so um so that like our our personal space our energetic field can be that sanctuary but here we are in you know very socially focused people no like we can't the spirituality movements it's like the Sufis say they're like it's not time for Guru on the mountain anymore, you know. It's like it's it's in community. We do this together. We help each other heal, and uh, we make choices together. Like you know, so so the sanctuary is a place to experiment, um, but it's all it's very very mindful. It's like how do we're supporting each other in becoming who we are, sharing resources so that we don't have to. Be out of that too much, and then there's the idea of the drum. So the drum comes from, not sure what they would call it in other cultures, but in some of the the uh, Native American cultures, um, the English word "drum" is used to uh, illuminate what's called a. It's, it's a society of initiated people who have some deep fluency. Some in, in our case, some deep passion and some relative fluency and some real desire um, to help manifest, to to be a physical embodiment of this and to help others and to serve. Um, So the drum protects and nurtures and cultivates its own wisdom lineage and its own medicines, right? They might be diverse. And then what happens through our care of ourselves and our medicine is we have enough to share. So it's, it's a real shift from, like, I'm trying to balance, you know, being out in the craziness and getting some cashola with developing my art and my relationship and doing my, my own healing. So, like, let's try a different pattern. Let's try a different template. Can we come together and intentionally... And, of course, for me, in a very, very emergent way, this is like how the way we're doing this is so unstructured. Of Mm -hmm. course, it's very new to, I think, more structure will emerge. And and this is like another huge patterning thing. If we don't accept, if we don't already assume that we know what the structure is supposed to be and we don't give up in the process, a natural structure will emerge that's appropriate, right? So So we want structures and institutions in society in general that actually foster life, that were created to manage people, to make them toe the line, to keep them chained in poverty, to feed all the money and resources and energy to a few people. So like, you know, just like, it's like, let's try a different pattern. So I have a lot of permissions in my life. Like I went to Rainbow for the first time, Rainbow Gathering when for the first time when I was 18 years old. And Rainbow may be a very messy experiment, Um, but it's been going for over 40 years now there and it's an environment like no other. And so like being in rainbow gave me permission to say, Oh, you know, maybe I can't recreate that or maybe I don't even want to do exactly what they're doing at rainbow. Um, but we aren't limited by trying to fit into this or just make little adjustments. Like I, maybe other people are doing amazing work from within the systems. But to me, I'm like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Like, stop everything, hold hands in the streets if we don't create something actually different, right? So one of the big themes in my, in my work and the culture change work in general is, like, we need to be really mindful that we're not just creating a better mousetrap. Because mm-hmm. the urge to make institutions, make structures, get people to line up with a better idea right? So we're actually trying to call people to something completely different, like, will you come to the table and just sit and breathe and, like, look at each other, mm-hmm. right? Which is still scary to me, to with people I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then, like, let's see what emerges.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, what is our real response to what's happening in ourself, um, in our relationships, and in our communities? What is our real response if we're not just doing the same thing, or trying to make adjustments, and rearrange the furniture, so I want everybody to be, to be really bold in their expression, and like, the passion and stuff is really intense, like, I have a lot of skills and fluencies, and like, I can say like, oh man, I feel like I don't want to exist right now, right, like, suicide type stuff, and so like, I'm not afraid of that, Mm -hmm. but like, I just, I don't want people to to martyr themselves either like we have to build relationships and so I've been working with some people here in town went through an experience that was somewhat disappointing like we've really made it through very well but we were trying to do some like among fellow change agents here in this town we were trying to mutually support each other and we did that relatively outwardly more than we built relationship with each other and it didn't really work Okay, so let that be a lesson to everybody that if we don't find a way to really relate, like, what's my state of being? Am I stressed out? How is How am I doing as a leader today leading this project, right? So um, if we don't address that, you know, we're like building towers that can fall so easily. So I think we should try everything. I think we should experiment. Um But realize that like, I mean, a lot of these truths and patterns that I'm able to like express so clearly and strongly is because I went through them and tried to deny them and tried to get around them a hundred times and they're still here and like that didn't work and it was stressful and I'm tired. And now I'm like, okay, I'm going to really honor, like I've been given some messages from Spirit lately to be humble and speak up, Mm -hmm. right? So like, I'm like, okay, I'm not supposed to like go along with what other people want or make them feel comfortable, which is what I've done my whole life, and it hasn't changed shit. Mm-hmm. Just saying.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> oh, it's so refreshing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you feel like do you feel truly in your heart, like when you're speaking like this is just coming? From like a real place, like do you feel like you're finally able to like just breathe and speak and like live with intention? Uh, Like
1: expressing things like this, like thank you for creating a space for me to come in and express. Like this is a huge deal Mm -hmm. for me because I don't know how to create that for myself. Like, but but it's obvious Mm -hmm. that we can help each other, right? That we can in whatever way that we guild in the movement. Mm We're strengthening each other. And that's that shift from isolation. So it's really obvious and it's really profound. But like, I, I carry these things so heavy and like so physically, like internalizing these feelings that now that I've unlocked them, like it probably could kill me to not express them in some way. And yes, on a very personal, like a very daily momentary level, to get to say what I'm really feeling and have it received like after this interview, I'm going to go like, okay, I'm, I'm good. You know, I can nap or go do, or like plant a garden, whichever. I don't know which it'll be. But I'm like, <laughs> thank you. Like, ah.
2: <laughs>
0: yes. I feel the same way. And I feel like I'm learning to trust, you know, instead of saying like, oh, I, you know, like we almost didn't have this call. Right. Cause it was like, no. oh, I'm not in a good space. I actually like, yeah, you're right. I don't feel like I'm in a good space. But now this is what the space, you know, this space is needed for us to like actually move forward instead of just shutting ourselves off. Yeah. Right.
1: Makes me think about Monarda and her journey and her struggles with being a single mom. And yeah. Like, you know, people who don't have a bunch of children or things that they have to take care of. Like mm-hmm. we're so, we have so many issues with our excess and our wealth in this country that we're able to choose to isolate, to go back to our story, to say no to things, to not take action. Like, we're in this slow crisis that we can't save, mm-hmm. and yet we have the power to do something about what's going on with people around us every single day. And mm-hmm. so, like, that sort of matrix push to, like, eh, maybe not today, I'm not feeling quite right, I don't really want to, and, and, and it's a trip because... In reclaiming our sovereignty and our naturalness, we also really do need to honor our hesitations and da, 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 da. But like as we become more natural, like we don't wait, we don't necessarily make appointments or like whatever. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're we're all in
0: between with this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just thinking about how this is just reminding me to continue to Push forward and just like feel the feelings and come to spaces like completely raw and honest and just like I'm I'm tired I don't know what's gonna happen and that's okay and we're just we're just practicing like we're practicing emergence or practicing being in relationship We're practicing everything in in this moment and that is I,
1: I just want to expand on what I was saying that like I look at. And, I mean, I can be, I can seem so judgmental, I know. I mean, like, I have all these passionate feelings in the way I'm them. And I want to be nice and kind, and it has not served me, like I said. So I'm like, ah, how do I do this? Am I going to lose my kindness, you know, becoming someone who doesn't do that? But, like, really, the the the, the ability to, like, go home and watch TV when there's homeless people in your neighborhood or whatever, like a million disparities happening in the world. Like I look at that as a privilege, not a right face,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know? So like I see like, I mean, it's not like minerva doesn't have choices about like she could technically could abandon her children and go do something else. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but like that responsibility um, to show up, whether you feel good or not, or all these things. I'm not, I'm not trying to say go that extreme. I'm just saying like, look at those two different things of like your ability to make your own money and be safe and secure and have a retirement fund that might be there.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Da 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 da. You know, like, okay. So like you have that privilege to go and do that all the time. And like, so some people don't have those privileges because they have kids or they can't get a job or mm-hmm. um, their place they're living just had a, a tsunami, mm-hmm. whatever it is, right?
2: So, mm-hmm.
1: um, yeah, I, I mean, I just, I just see that, like, there's plenty of information, wealth, ability ca- to capacity, like, there's no actual reason why everyone doesn't basically have what they need like life is already so full of challenges just from like growing up and like falling out of a tree and breaking an arm and then like having children and then losing your parents like it's already enough what we go through in life and our natural development Mm
2: -hmm. you
1: know the natural things that happen in life like I don't know if somehow in our collective consciousness, we thought we needed more strife and struggle. Like I do, we, you know, we have we need a whole nother interview to talk about my relationship with story work and my call um developed. Um, but I think it's really just important to have some vision and just, and just realize that like, I don't know what to do about it today, but I know that we have it enough for everybody. And, like, there's enough people, there's enough energy, there's enough hands, there's enough food, there's enough, like, the backbone of the planet is not broken, at least not yet, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, this story isn't over, and I pray for miracles a lot, because it's, like, the miracle of me not just doing the same thing that I see everybody else doing, which is, like, I'm going to try to make a little dent while I'm fitting in the society, you know? So the miracle of me not stopping there, right? Like, I, I'm not enough to do it all, mm-hmm. right? And I, I don't actually want to be famous. It's not for you know, <laughs> Celebrity status. So, but but we really do, you know. Like, so everything that we do to help the world is good. Like psychologically, energetically, prayer you know, and then working together, donating money, and showing up, but, like, showing up, and, like, showing up in our relationships. Why can't we show up for the earth?
2: Mm-hmm. It's
1: because of the story is about relationships. It's our story about our relationship with the divine, and we're saying, oh, I can't do that, or I'm not enough, or all these things, and it's, it's just not true, so I hope that you know, I know that there's people in my life who really like the positive aspects of my personality and, 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 like, have a really hard time with the passion, distress, despair, you know. So I'm really, really grateful that there are some people in my life, and they're very, very important to me, and I really rely on them, who aren't afraid of my emotions. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's a skill we can all have, too, to be like, I mean, you know, when we do grief work together and stuff, we might get triggered into a sadness or we might get, have an anger come up or we might, you know, like stuff comes up, you know, how do we approach it? What do we do when that's happening? Do we have the capacity? I talk about being excellent. We have one rule in the Freedom School, which is be excellent to each other Mm -hmm. or don't forget to be awesome. You know, how am I? who do I choose to be in this situation? Who can I be for this other person? Who can I be in the world? You know, who can I be in relationship with these plants? And the answer a lot of times is I don't know. You know, to have it all have been created, like all these false stories are crumbling around our ears. And so we're very in between as a culture right now. And it's not a bad thing. You know, evolution is happening right on track. The disclosure of the day in Monday night class the other day is that humans have not evolved. We have not devolved into like lesser stupider beings, even though it appears there's idiocracy going on or this craziness or people taking advantage of each other seems to be the big, the big thing in politics like people took advantage of each other and where's mine and I should, I should have this. And it's just, you know, it's, it's trauma and and um, that's what we're really dealing with, you know? So I think it's cool. Like, I think it makes sense that we come from like the lineage of radical social artistry and activism for you and me. And I think a lot of people comes from um, being a healer, being trained as a healer, being awakened as a healer, because what we're really dealing with is normalized trauma behavior. So I'm not the only one saying that. Mm. (laughs) Um, But having some familiarity with how to deal with trauma, because, like, I'm a lazy student, and, like, I haven't gone and sought all these particular tools and fluencies. So I'm learning them the hard way. But they're out there. And like we can study this stuff and it's like complaining about somebody who's traumatized and is acting out and doing insane shit and happens to have a lot of power like complaint complaining about it is like okay yeah let's spend about 10 seconds on that like what is our real approach who can we be in response to this and i see it i see it especially there's such a rise of, of women and leadership and creativity and artistry and coming together and standing up. And it's not just women, but, you know, like that, that power to say, no, you know, like, no, it's everybody's water, right? Like, it's not like you can't have it. It's like, you can't have it all, mm-hmm. right? So like, there's a, there's, there's a real shift from this polarization into like, let's find out more information. Or like, that didn't work. We tried that for a 100 years. We're not doing that anymore. And people coming up with real, real responses. And I think permaculture is a great metaphor. It's like, they want to cut down. There's, there's horrible diseases killing off the 2,000-year-old trees in Europe, the oranges or the olives or whatever it is. Mm. And they're like, well, the solution is just to kill everything. Mm. And actually, no. Like, thankfully, somebody had their ears open and, and, and heard the permit going, hey, 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 you don't have to kill all those trees. Let's try this. Let's try rebuilding the soil food web.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
1: boy, were a lot of people relieved and inspired and turned on. I mean, I don't know how big that movement is, but I don't know how much people are aware of it in Europe and elsewhere, but um, – You know, like, just because, and it's a metaphor, too, because, like, just because we're doing something wrong or we're the, like, bad white guy who's the taker or something like that, like, it doesn't mean that we have to, like, die. It doesn't even mean we have to go to jail. Like, the new paradigm is, like, no, we don't do prison and punishment anymore. If you Mm -hmm. look in the tarot, the judgment card, I'm born on the 20th, so it's a Mm -hmm. card for me. (laughs)
2: Um,
1: But I love that card because it says that when everything is revealed, and all the stories are told, we will see how beautiful it all is, and and, and, and like that. There was no need to, to do all of those, those things, right? There was no need to fear the truth, right? Because we're actually completely loved and completely in the right place, et cetera, et cetera, you know? So... so. I don't know I don't know how it all fits together but I keep weaving these threads right they keep coming up and I just I've learned to trust my intuition yeah I've learned to say like I've been dealing with something in the freedom school where I was worried about money I was having my first chakra you know challenges which are a big part of my life they're part of what I'm, I'm working out in this lifetime about um what I can rely on what is security Or do I choose to focus on relationships or ambition and or both? And so, like, I compromised part of the vision imprint pattern here. And I let somebody pay rent and stay longer. And I'm like, oh, I'm so pissed off that I did that. It's really not working very good, Mm -hmm. you know. So I don't know where the money would have came from. Um, But I really just the message is just so clear that, like, this extra room is supposed to have, it's supposed to have space. People are supposed to come in and then pulse out, right? Like, this is a place to land, and then that space is, is a creativity zone, not But so these patterns, these templates, these imprints, they're something we can rely on. They, they really are. So if you have a clear vision, and you know maybe there aren't a lot of instructions, there's two or three, three clear f- phrases about this is supposed to be like this, you know, in relation to that, and we follow them, you know, they really actually work and they really do actually help create an environment that's generative and so on. So that's, that's just an example of, like, how important it is that we do our, our intuition and, and the clear messages and that we develop our capacity for discernment. Mm-hmm. Um, because if we're mostly feeding the matrix – Which is what it appears most people are doing, right? Like that's one of my judgments. Actually what's going on within people, I don't know. I I really, I can't say. Like people are creative. Um,
2: And and like life has its response to everything
1: that's going on. So, you know, maybe some of these permissions and expressions um, will will help people. And, And like you were saying earlier, I think it's really, really important to do this work from the perspective of being a human being like I'm not polished I'm wearing pajama bottoms right now mm-hmm. um and I didn't dye my hair and you know and all these things because it's like real people real people not just celebrities like I love Janelle Monae she is a voice of the revolution and she's on top 40 and her art is freaking gorgeous and she's like writing sexy songs about community yoga and you know mm-hmm. and freedom you know, so, like, I, that's awesome. I'm really glad she's doing that. Not only do I not have the resources at my disposal to, to create something like that, I also am, like, here's where I'm really at. Like, I'm a human being, and I'm, I'm amazing. I'm a miracle just like you, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm dirty. Like, if you were here, you could probably smell me
0: same there's a uh, little
1: <laughs> named Pilar here in town who's spent a lot of time in town, and she's a minimalist and she speaks for the earth and she'll like go up to people at farmer's market who've just moved to town and she'll be like hi I am the local news and I sweat please don't build another house here
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh yes and humor too like we need more humor and we play do. <laughs> I don't know what's going on how are you oh. Yes, thank you so much. And I just wanted, you know, one more final thought before we close today. Um, The word that we often use in our work is hearth, right? And I love that word, because, I mean, there's so much within that, you know, it's the word here. it's the word art, it's the word heart, the word earth, Um, probably more if we were to look into it even deeper, but Really, you mentioned probably every single one of those words in our conversation today. Heart. Yeah. Here. Yes, totally. <laughs> Art. And I just, I love it because in the hearth, you know, it's the gathering space. It's the, you know, let's gather on the hearth. Let's share the stories. Let's, like, be in community together. Let's work towards a common goal. And I just want to hear from you, like, how you consider yourself to be a hearth tender or you know how do you tend to your inner hearth in the work that you do and you know you've probably spoken to it in so many ways but if there's any last bits you want to share on that
1: I really appreciate the question because it's actually part of why I talked about those two um patterns within the greater movement it's like as far as I've come I still feel really challenged um uh to it's like I have a sense and like there have been times where my life was relatively sane and simple compared to what it is now I'm in the middle of like a kind of a new emergent experiment um so there have been times when I was more grounded and like I'm kind of like missing that and remembering that as far as like and like I'm also living in a food desert where I can't Act, I, don't, I can't easily access all the things like physically food wise um, that I normally nourish myself with. So that's a bit of a challenge. so like but yes, yeah, so um, the food that I eat, the pace of my life, like what I say yes to and no to. And I have a lot more to say about that because I live a very, very unconventional lifestyle that I would promote. Even though I'm like a little bit reluctant because I don't want, um, (laughs) I want people to have an easier time than I have coming to the place that I'm at. Um, But like, I drink tea every day. I I consume, you know, I, I, I imbibe, I bring in at least 30 different plants, sometimes 40 or 50 plants into my body every day or into relationship through smudging. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that that really makes my brain work better and my body work better. And just like being mindful. um, Like we want to make choices based on convenience, especially if we're hungry socially, we might make a lot of compromises about what we're eating or, smoking or how late we're staying up or just how we're managing our time in order to have time with other human beings you know mm-hmm. to get love and nourishment socially so I think that's a really big one for people I know um and then what I want to be doing is daily ceremony with the earth so I take it where I can get it it's like right now I'm gazing out at this garden I put in the other day mm-hmm. which I was gifted a bunch of plants thank you
2: mm-hmm.
1: and some straw and when it rained, and then there's wild, I didn't dig out all the wild plants, I just planted in some of the bare patches where no plants were in the desert here, so, um, just taking a moment to tune in, like, taking the pauses is very, very nourishing, Mm -hmm. and then, like, making sure, like, we can't, I can't organize my life, I can't structure, I'm just not set up emotionally and energetically to do that right now, like, to have regular schedules, so, what we've done here in the Freedom from School is create patterns that we follow with the days of the week and like different themes
2: um,
1: so that gives us like a little bit of structure and like more can emerge um, so that's really important um, and then yeah tending the hearth I don't know I mean it's, it's localization right so like local to my moments Local to my body, local to my own sense of like habits, patterns, and motions, local to my home space, right? So the zones, right? Like we're going, I'm like, zone zero has about like five subtleties in that last statement, right? Um, but then, you know, going out from there as far as my tending, same same as the sanctuary pattern, right? Like we tend here first and we have enough. I think that's, like, kind of one of the biggest patterns that people hadn't gotten that. I'm I'm still working on it, but, like, tending here first, and then I I have enough to share once I've done that. So if I'm not, like, because there's a pattern of, like, in our culture of living off and for other people's love, attention, validation, money, right, when we actually have the capacity, if we have land access, Mm -hmm. right, to grow our own food, you know, we can do weird kinds of land access, but, like, being, having the education, right, like mm-hmm. having the awareness that, like, you you can at least find out what wild plants are in your urban environment and, and sort of some sense of gauge of, like, how toxic is this and how much of it should I eat, right, because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm in the city, stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, you know, the choice to um, build real relationship rather than do a ton of other things. Things that don't quite as effectively get our needs met. I think like that's uh, really a heart a heart centered practice and awareness of like where we choose to put our time and energy. Is it getting me in the spiritual sentences, Is it leading me closer to God or closer
2: to myself? Mm-hmm. But um, you know you could you could just
1: like, we don't have to talk about spirituality. I just think it's really beautiful. Like mm-hmm. we can explain all these things in other more mundane terms. You know that like where we choose to put our energy you know participation is perpetuation so um, tending the earth and I don't know I mean the zone zero 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 is this moment so we always have that to rely on like we, no matter what's going on we always have this fresh new moment mm. God's promises are new every day mm. Mm. Oh, and that we don't and that we don't have to know or be perfect, right? Like in our, in our tending of the heart, what is safe space? What is sacred space? Well what is what, what is the environment that actually nourishes us? Right? And if we're not trying to choose Coke or Pepsi
0: and we're really asking the questions. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so much for having this conversation with me, Johanna. It was so great to be able to talk with you. And I appreciate everything you have to say so much.
1: Thank you. You too. Thank yeah. you for doing all that you do. Much love to you. Mm,
0: thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode with Johanna. We hope you enjoyed it. And we'll catch you next time on Heart Speak Podcast. Until then, be well.